0: So more than likely, every client that says that they worked the 12 steps and it didn't work for them, they, they never worked the 12 steps. Right. They, 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 they uh, basically just gave the 12 steps lip service, right? They didn't invest in it all. So the beneficialness of having a community that's invested in, this, in the 12 steps, the people that are on the fence or on the edge of the funnel, for the 12 steps they start having an experience with it because it's the whole culture
1: Good afternoon. My name is Graham Durge, and I'm the founder and CEO of New Waters Recovery in Raleigh, North Carolina. Welcome to our weekly podcast, Finding New Waters. Our goal in creating Finding New Waters is to provide a resource for families to help navigate the complexities of supporting a loved one struggling with substance use or mental health. When we find ourselves in crisis due to one of these issues, most people have no idea where to turn. We hope to shed some light onto what is often the darkest hour for many families. All right. Welcome, everybody. Uh, we've got Eric Button with us here today. Eric is the family li- liaison and senior business development representative for Bur- Burning Tree Programs. Welcome, Eric. Thank you for being with us today.
0: Well, thank you for having me, Graham. Of course, Welcome, no, man. Eric. Yeah, can
1: I go back a little ways, uh, back to uh, kind of Texas days, and and great to reconnect with you. Um, you know, I always like starting these these podcasts off. Obviously, want to give our listeners um, a little bit of information on your background, and you know, how did you get into this field? How did you start working in the behavioral health field, and uh, maybe just a little bit about your story.
0: Well, first off, I'm honored to be on uh, New Waters Recovery Podcast finding new waters and um, I got sober on the 21st day of July, 2005. So I just celebrated 18 years. Um, was that last? That was last week. Okay. And uh, right. it was, it was a morning. I was not planning on getting sober, <laughs> but the uh, uh, the universe used um, the legal system to help guide me into this funnel of change, right? And um, I got to be a client that that went to Burning Tree. I had many attempts at getting sober previously. Um, I always seemed to have the jobs, which always afforded me to buy the legal representation that um, could allow me to uh, continue to live in a way that I thought I was in control of what was going on. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, last time I got arrested, I already had bond paid, uh, at a bonding company. All they had to do is just find my name that comes up on the computer and, uh, I, and I got out. So, um, that's how I operate a
1: bond company. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, yeah. That, yeah. And, um, it took me a long time to buy into what this, this theory of honesty is. And, uh, because I thought I was in control of everything. So I got to go to Burning Tree as a client. Um, I would say I was not. Uh, I. It's what ultimately saved my life. Um, it took me probably seven months to buy into um, being honest. Yeah. Um, and uh, ever since, um, I have maintained my sobriety, and I have enlarged my sobriety on a a daily basis. Um, I'm sponsored, I have sponsees in the fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, I got out of Burning Tree in September of 2006 and uh, while I was a client at Burning Tree there was a gentleman who was the CEO, his name was Mark Houston. Mm -hmm. Mark Houston called me, I was gonna go work for a guy, I was good. So, my entire adult life from basically 15 till 30, uh, 36, I was in the car parts business and um, in management. Mm -hmm. My last job, I was at International Truck and Engine Corporation as the uh, modification department uh, lead. And I had like 23 guys working under me. Wow. i was gonna i got out of burning tree this is a time when uh there really wasn't a lot of of aftercare when you leave treatment there was like oxford houses but sober living was just starting i got out of burning tree i went to an oxford house and i was going to go work for a guy that was opening a body shop up in austin texas and uh my phone rang and it was a friend of mine who i got sober with at burning tree named Greg Rolfe and Mark Houston. And they uh, called and asked if I, thought, if I had ever thought about working in the treatment field.
1: Yeah,
0: And I said, no, I hadn't. I got a job. I mean, I was going to go work for this guy named Dave H. And, um, you know, I would have started out making $20 an hour and, you know, quickly w- would have worked my way up. Right. Um, so I went out I'm to
1: a place where... A s sobriety, a recovery job, right? Yeah, uh, recovery now, job. Getting that recovery job and and you know, obviously we recommend to to you know young men and, and people kind of in that early phase of, of recovery, you know, get something that's gonna be a little bit lower stress, you know, pay some of the bills, but nothing kind of too too overwhelming,
0: right? Yeah, not not a career job. Right. Right. Get your feet wet, put uh put put my recovery first, right? Home group. 100%. Home group, uh, continuing to work with my sponsor, and uh, continuing to work the steps. And then I had a referral for a therapist that I was continuing to see and and just putting the actions into uh, realization.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, phone rang. So I went out to see Mark at his new place in, in Manor, Texas, called Mark Houston Recovery. It was actually called The Last Resort when they first opened and something just told me that hey, this is this is kind of cool. So I took a nine-dollar-an-hour job. Nine dollars. <laughs> I hadn't made. I don't think I ever made nine dollars an hour
1: <laughs> right.
0: until then. And uh, driving the guys and and um, just being um, invested with them on this path of changing their trajectory. And uh, Mark Houston's flourished. It took off. Um, I opened up a transition uh, program called Addiction Directions. And we worked with all of the clients coming out of Mark Houston. So we had a very robust um, sober living environment with uh, post-treatment discharge plan implementation program called it. ADAP, Addiction Directions Accountability Program. And it took off and we had a lot of success. And uh, like, like everything in life and um, recovery, things change. There's mm-hmm. an ebb and flow to everything. And uh, we lost Mark, unfortunately, and some of the business partners in the, in the uh, process. Uh, I closed down Addiction Directions and I had an opportunity from our owner. We're family owned at Burning Tree. Uh, a gentleman named David Elliott reached out and and asked if I ever thought about coming to work for him. Mm. And uh, this November, I will have been with Burning Tree for 10 years. Wow. And uh, Burning Tree... Which is, is
1: a, a very long time in, in the recovery, recovery <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Know, if you're somewhere For more than three years, it's it seems like a lifetime.
0: <laughs> and it's... Um, it it really falls in line with uh, who I am. I'm a very loyal type person, as you can tell. I was very loyal to the drugs and alcohol I was using for a long time, mm-hmm. um, and um, I have been in the business development role and have been in the family communication role and, and connecting with the families since I since I went to Burning Tree and um, Burning Tree's family owned. It was started in 1999 uh, by David Elliott. Um, our initial program is in Kaufman, Texas. That's our long-term program. Average length of stay is anywhere from eight to 14 months of residential treatment with a 12-month transition period after. Um, we usually seem to have a census of 22 to 28 men and women that just seems to be our ebb and flow. Uh, We're not for everybody. We are for the chronic relapser whom have a family component or a, um, I would say, a a power source in their life that continues to enable them to run the show and make decisions, Mm -hmm. which then in turn allows them to continue to just go to treatment after treatment after treatment. Average clients probably been to six previous treatments with failure. Um, All of our, all of our staff, except for our clinical director who's in recovery from, uh, for Al-Anon, um, is in recovery. Um, our executive director, Jesse Earwood, he's a fellow alum of burning tree. And, uh, we have a clinic, we have a couple of clinicians that are a fellow alums, majority of our staff, I would say 95% of them are all long term employees. Mm. And when I say long term, I mean eight years plus.
2: Yeah. You guys are so long term over there. That's crazy to go someplace 14 months and then work there 10 years. Like, that's, <laughs> they must serve good food
1: or something. We're right. You know? Right. Yeah. It's it's so essential, and and I know Ryan is dealing with this on a a daily basis, right? And and that was one of the real reasons I wanted to have you on here today was to kind of talk about this long-term aspect, right? And and I love that you highlight that your program is really well-suited for kind of the chronic relapse, right? Yes. Um, Because what we're seeing, you know, a ton of here at at New Waters and really everybody's seen across the country is a lot of these young adult clients who are just – you know, we're not really identifying uh, truly what what's happening under the surface. Is there some sort of underlying mental health or uh, learning disability or maybe on the spectrum or, you know, and, and really just kind of pigeonholing them into this same kind of cookie cutter primary substance use track that maybe isn't hitting all the marks. Right. And they don't get the help that they need. And then ultimately they're in treatment two, three, four, five, six times families down a half a million dollars, you know, putting them in treatment and they, their kid is still sick. Yeah. Um, so I do, I, I'm a big proponent of this, of the long-term treatment really does work, right? Statistically, we know you have a better shot the longer term you stay in, in, in treatment. So
0: yeah, yeah.
1: talk about the, that a little and what y'all do did, there and your philosophy on that.
0: The huge, the huge, uh, advantage of long-term is, um, every client comes to burning tree and they've got other diagnoses other than drugs and alcohol, right? They do have some mental health. They have some diagnoses of depression or schizoaffective or bipolar or um, anxiousness. Um, And what ends up happening in long-term treatment is the client gets to get back to this homeostasis, right? They're going to bed at a set time. They're getting eight hours of sleep. They're monitored in their sleep, right? Bed mm-hmm. checks, ensuring that they're uh, making observations. Oh, we notice it. Mm-hmm. Eric is quite a snorer. Okay, maybe we can do something to help create a better sleep for Eric. Or, um, so we know about everything that's going on. Um, they get up at a set time. They do prayer and meditation. They do, um, they eat breakfast at a set time. They exert themselves Physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. Okay. So we're hitting on all these aspects during the day. Um, master level clinicians and work in the steps of, of Alcoholics Anonymous independently, but everything's intertwined. Our psychiatrist, Dr. Uh, Seacrest, ASAM uh, psychiatrist, He's very versed at working with Burning Tree. He's been with us for 15 years. Um, he's also a fellow at um, uh, Presbyterian Dallas um, in the J5 uh, section of the hospital, which is their mental health wing. Um, he's very versed. He's, I would say he is a med minimalist. He's also uh, does psychotherapy in conjunction with his, his uh, prescribing if they need anything. Um, and he sees them for a complete hour.
1: Amazing. Right.
0: What an <laughs> yeah, anomaly! He's, not on zoom. he's out uh, there yeah. and he's interacting with the staff, uh, daily or weekly. He, he's interacts with staff on Mondays, uh, by, by, uh, uh, zoom. And then when he comes out to see the clients on Fridays, they meet with him and they go over everything. They, they, share observations of what's going on with each client that he's seeing and it's very everything is very intertwined the clients are working the steps independently from what they're doing clinically and what that means is staff is not taking them through the steps
1: Hmm.
0: an independent sponsor so they go out to meetings every night of the week except for um sunday nights we have an in-house meeting we're taking them into dallas they're driving into van in vans Yep. and uh, they're going to gender specific meetings or they're going to uh, aftercare meeting or they're going to uh, Wednesdays to our Dallas office so they can see their sponsors in person. We make it easier for the sponsors instead of driving out 45 miles east and south of downtown Dallas. We're, we're bringing the clients into Dallas. The, the sponsors can come out and um, work with their sponsees on Sundays. And everything is communicated and it's very uh, systematic. A client um, works the steps and the sponsor is signed off on them to move forward from say step one to step two and then the client puts in a request to present to the staff. They share what that current step means to them and then the staff collectively votes on if they should move forward or if there's something that we think is amiss. We're going to get with the sponsor and make some suggestions we're not guiding and directing the sponsor-sponsee relationship but i would say we're getting shoulder to shoulder with them to work on a common goal i would say 95 percent of our clients they're all being sponsored by alum that have been separated from burning tree for at least two years post uh, completing the entire program
2: Uh, I love how you guys intertwine that clinical work that like cutting edge, clinically astute work with the 12 step modality, because so often we see people lean either one way or the other, right, where it's like, you do the 12 steps, but you're not allowed to take antipsychotics, or you're allowed to do everything but the 12 steps related to spirituality and like holding that balance is is just so important. Eric, I'm really curious, like, I could see why families would be attracted to this program, like we see plenty of families that are like, Oh yeah, you can lock them up for eight to fourteen months. Like that's not a problem. Uh, my my curiosity is for you yourself. What drove you to engage in this in this long term treatment program?
0: Well, um, leverage. <laughs> okay. If it wasn't for if it wasn't for leverage, uh, my my leverage was um, legal. Correct. Right. Um. There's all kinds of. And, and and leverage seems like a, a kind of a it's a truthful word,
1: mm-hmm. but it's
0: um, it, I would say we could use opportunity. Right. There ain't a single there ain't a single yeah. there ain't a single client that's coming to Burnetree and they're like uh, I want to go to long term treatment. Right. Mm-hmm. But the families are on board, and then until and most families are on board until. We start asking them to get involved, right? Mm-hmm. We're wanting them to work with a, a counselor, a therapist, or, or an addiction consultant, or, or some type of um, extra um, professional involved in their life. We're also wanting them to be invested in their own recovery. So, Al-Anon, Families Anonymous, things like this. And uh, we're holding them accountable to putting those actions forward. We're wanting the entire system to start having a communication of recovery. Um, So there are families that are on board and then they become resistant. Just like their their loved one. I like using the analogy of a funnel. Burning trees like a funnel. There's a big end on a funnel. You know what that looks like? And then it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. That big funnel is uh, is the universe using leverage or opportunity, whatever you want to call it, to get this client inside the funnel. And I, I, I'll refer to the funnel as change. Mm. Several of these clients that come to Burning Tree or, or have had the opportunity to come to New Waters, they get in the funnel, but they always seem to hold on to the rim or they just stick their toe in and they're really good at telling people what they want to hear basically their power source, right? Right. Oh, I I got this. I I mean, I know exactly what to do now, but they never really invest in getting in the funnel. That funnel is representative of, of the outer part of the funnel is resistance. The inner part of the funnel is the, the flow of life and it's the acceptance, right? As a client um, gets invested in, in, creating a relationship with honesty, they're going to move towards the center of the funnel and they're going to, they're going to have an experience with, and they're going to like it. Mm. Then they're going to hear some truth about themselves, or they're going to bump up against themselves or some kind of circumstance is going to come involved in their life. Most, uh, I would say a hundred percent of, um, chronic relapsers are resistant to, um, adversity. Mm. So adversity is going to come up and uh, they're going to migrate toward the edge of the funnel trying to get out. But as they move down and they start having experience, the distance between the resistance and the acceptance, the length of time becomes shorter and shorter and shorter. And Burning Tree is not about just holding on to a client and hope through osmosis that they're just going to change. We're going to be constantly pushing them to to. Venture out to the edge of the funnel so they can come back to the center. And as a client engages in uh, accepting diversity on life's terms,
1: mm-hmm.
0: then they come out the other end of that funnel. They've been through the 12 steps and it's about wide open freedom. That's what recovery yeah. guarantees. <clears throat> I love that. So that's the analogy that, analogy that I like. There's there's many ups and downs, twists and turns to it. Um, And uh, Lord knows I had many ups and downs, twists and turns to it. But um, life is so rewarding when we take the uh, position that was really intended for us when we were born.
1: Yeah. And I think that, you know, when I think about, you know, these long-term programs and all that, and, and, and I know Ryan's dealing with this on a daily basis, where people are just... They can't even fathom the fact that we're asking them to take even three months to go and do something like this. And the reality is, you know, listen, we're we're asking you to to make an entire psychic shift here, right? And that is not going to happen in three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, right? And it's just not. You know, maybe you'll have a you'll have a lot of insight and you'll have a lot of growth during that period, but you're but you're still truly the foundation is not there, right? And it's super high risk. So, but it's it's really interesting where, you know, I just think back to my own, uh, you know, experience in treatment and all that. And I did pretty much close to 90 days in, in, in a, an inpatient residential facility and then did sober living after that. And really, I had no intention of, of doing that long a period of time. But, you know, I had the, 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 you know, the blessing of while I was in treatment, just understanding that like, okay, life is not over now because I can't drink or use for the rest of my life. Like, look at all the amazing things I can do now. Look at all the things that I've always wanted to do, but I've never done because I've been sitting in a basement drinking by myself for five years, you know, right. and when you can kind of attach to that and have that perspective and it's hard, it's really hard for people to get there. Right. But it certainly is not going to happen in two three weeks in most cases, right. you know, it's just not. And, um, and then when it I look back like, at that like, time, it, sorry, go on.
0: Yeah. Just like you drinking in that, in that basement, you didn't just yeah. start drinking immediately in the basement. Not it took not. time no. to get to that point. That's, That's all awesome. I wanted. To, yep. I just wanted to Yeah. And,
1: and you know, and I looked back at that, you know, y- basically year that I took to really kind of focus on, on building this foundation and, and it was like the blink of an eye. I mean, I think back to that year and it just went, you know, so fast and um and and really i i would never change a thing you know i'm so glad that i did what i did and i put that time in and i had the you know i just had the awareness to do that you know and i truly feel like i was touched by the hand of god um and and you know he just really kind of gave me that awareness to say you know what i'm just going to get out of my own way i'm going to surrender to the process and i'm going to do whatever you guys tell me to do and when i did that it got so easy. It got so easy. Yeah. So
0: yeah, the resistance because and you got in the middle of the funnel.
2: Right, one hundred percent. So many of us, we're not willing to accept that we have a fatal disease. Right. And that's really what it comes down to. That's what I see in our clients as we're working with them again and again. They think this is an overreaction because they don't have a fatal disease. Mm -hmm. If we were marching in those rooms and telling them they had pancreatic cancer, and this was a type of chemotherapy that would affect that, how we wouldn't be able to hold them back from the chemo clinic, right? Wouldn't matter if it was in Texas, wouldn't matter if it took six months. Um, And that was true for me too. And, And I had to realize, That's exactly what I have. I had to realize that. I had to realize I was going to die from it. Because otherwise, I wasn't going to put it first, you know? I'm someone who personally... I had a very limited, like... um... Kind of recovery and treatment experience i had to go and figure it out on my own because resources and insurance they just weren't available at that mm-hmm. time and i would much rather do this on a. I would have much rather done it on a ranch in texas than working in a chinese food restaurant you know what i mean going to 7 a.m meetings because i work all night and <laughs> i think about the pain that i put my family to not just in addiction but in early sobriety too getting to know my now wife you know to be able what we're offering people is is relief from a fatal disease in as comfortable a location as possible, but until they can hear that, they're not going to accept it. And and it's it's a wonderful that they get to wait and they get to have all those breakthroughs. And I did have those breakthroughs in sobriety, but to be able to be shepherded and, and be in an intimate community, there's no intimate community, I'm sure, like what you guys have going on at Burning Tree. Yeah. The way that people get to know each other and hold each other, it's just I'm sure it's wonderful to be a part
0: of. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we we don't recover by ourselves.
1: No, 100 percent. So, yeah, and that's, uh, that's that's the beauty be cool. of 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 this life after it. Right. I mean, it becomes so full. And um, and, you know, I, I also uh, just wanted to kind of touch on, you know, the other the other component that I think is really important for families to hear is they're kind of trying to navigate, you know, these these complex issues with their loved ones. Is you know the the fact that you are kind of a mom and pop operation, right? You're a small operation. You run pretty lean, uh, you know, lean from lean from the census uh, aspect, but not from staffing. But you guys, um, I think that that is a huge thing for me, right? When I'm when we're referring clients out, we're typically trying to look for a smaller, more boutique type program that's kind of family owned and operated. In my experience, it's just, you know, you're going to get better service, you're going to get better care, you know, clinical team, you know, a lot of the time is just going to be a little bit more bought in. Um, They're probably treated a little bit better, cultures a little bit better. So, you know, yeah, talk about that a little bit if you could.
0: So the. um, The 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 biggest advantage is the length of time. For these clients, it's very peer driven, right? So you have. You have senior clients that's been there for 8, 9, 10 months. So they get to implement the principles of recovery in their life. And they get to give back to the newcomers that are coming in. So that aspect oh, is huge on building community. And then that community is what's going to trans, translate into them implemented in their life. The other thing on the family aspect of it is... Um, they have been so wrapped up and so involved in trying to fix it, mm-hmm. but not really taking an investment in fixing themselves mm-hmm. that this period of time where, and quite frankly, I'm just going to say it, their loved one is their drug.
1: Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely.
0: So as they start having an experience of being free from having to fix it or or control it um both sides of the coin can heal and then both sides of the coin can come back together in a new relationship and mm-hmm. that yep. i hope that answers I think that answers what you're talking about
1: Yeah absolutely and I think that you know obviously in the family you know programming that you guys do now do you guys do I would assume you have kind of several uh, family uh, yeah. so on campus events or throughout the time that you're there
0: So fam- so this is the so with family uh, yeah. a lot of communication with them in the beginning. Um, we do what we call a post admission intervention. That's a process that I get to facilitate clients been with us mm, two to six weeks, Okay. 95% of the clients, unless I'm out of town, I've got to meet them when they were in detox that are coming to the ranch. So I'm (laughs) making connection with them in the very beginning, or I've talked to them. On the very front end or sometimes I've talked to the family on the very front end so client comes to the ranch we're assembling the entire uh, support system right Uh, the clients counselor myself uh, the power in their life could be mom dad mom's in Atlanta dad's in Jacksonville Florida they're divorced and then maybe the loved one has four siblings Bringing everybody together, creating a relationship with them, meeting with them, expanding on and and, uh, inviting them to set realistic boundaries, not boundaries that they think we want to hear, but realistic boundaries, because what we want to do is help solidify this client in the funnel. Mm -hmm. They're going to test the boundaries. Because they have already been testing boundaries or or families tell, oh, if you don't do this, you're you're not going to get any more money. Or you're not going to, we're not going to do this. No. If you leave, don't call me because I'm not answering the phone. Well, that's not realistic. Okay. We want to help the family set something that is their truth. So we set these boundaries we bring the client in they're only going to see their loved one 10 20 minutes it's basically a business meeting that we're conducting and that business meeting is for their loved one that's at burning tree to hear what the family's boundaries are and what their hopes are and 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 what an opportunity that they are giving their loved one yeah I love that. then the then the then the client gets to accept or they may bump up against themselves, they may be angry, Many. it's very organic. Yeah. And uh, then they accept what's going on and then we want to hear what their commitment is. And what we're looking for is for them to verbally commit and we know that every addict alcoholic is very good at committing to doing things. Mm-hmm. And then it's up to us to help them put the action forward to actually realize it. Um, so we, that's the first process we don't have visitation every month at burning tree we have visitation every other month a client will have had an opportunity to be with us for at least 30 days prior to a visit Um, so we have visitation every other month uh every even month which would be the third sunday of the month when a family has a loved one that's with us their first visitation they get to attend a family workshop that we facilitate at our Dallas office. That family workshop consists of our owner and founder, our executive director, our clinical director, our our transitions director, an alumni, an alumni family, myself, and sometimes our uh, chief operating officer who's also an uh, alum of the program, Brooke McKenzie, will be there. And then the families. And then what we're doing is our goal is to answer their questions about what burning tree is and what our processes are without them having to ask them, but then giving them a format where they can ask. And it's very interactive and it's very, uh, you know, the alumni and the family, they do a real good job of of explaining what's gone on, Mm. what helped them change and the, and the, and the roadblocks. And then, we don't have family program until the client is through and in the amends process we want them to internalize what's going on the family program is a three-day intensive usually it's two to four clients just depending on the line the lineup Hmm. and their and their loved ones some some clients will go through family two or three times Wow. depending on what the family dynamics are it's uh we bring in a lady named um uh, oh i'm drawing a blank she's got a counseling office um angie booya she has a counseling office in dallas called sparrow house counseling very very uh um she, she is L- lpc lpc Got it. LPC, and then our clinical director, and they facilitate. So we have somebody that comes in that's not really connected with the family or the client, and then works in conjunction with our clinical director. And it's a lot of psychodrama, different modalities that they use in the process. And it's a three-day uh, experience. That's awesome. Every family that comes to Burning Tree, they have been through numerous family programs, and they're very jaded.
1: Sure. True. So it's
2: very they different. Want treat treatment, they want to treat treatment like a fishbowl with which to look at the loved
0: yeah. one, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then uh and then they and then they do family program and then and then the client continues to do treatment. And before they transition from residential treatment, they start uh integrating into transitions. And that's a slow process, you know. Um we give them a little bit of room, pull back, see how they handle it, give them a little bit more room, let them, let them navigate some adversity, pull back, and um, it's, it's, it's a very organic process. Each, each client has you know different needs and different um, circumstances. Um, we do uh, lots of trauma work. In conjunction with treatment, mm-hmm. um, you know all kinds of modalities that they use. Um, Drew McLaughlin and 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 our clinical director Megan Bowman—they'll do EMDR and some psychodrama, and they'll utilize um, equine therapy and other other opportunities. And sometimes yeah. we may find that a client needs a little bit more, and 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 we use some some partners you know like um site or milestones or right or, or the bridge or something like that in conjunction with then they'll come back and continue their treatment or what oh, we're wow. very we're very uh, collaborative and uh, we want the best to maximize the opportunity for the client to get and stay sober because that's what we're about
1: so you've had clients go to onsite and do, you know, a trauma workshop, the living center program, I would, I would assume, and yeah. then come back to you guys. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah. What I, yeah.
2: what I love about this process, I think, is yeah. it's really evocative of actual recovery, like yeah. 30-day residential treatment is fantastic. I think we can all agree on that, especially for those it's effective for. You go in for 30 days, you do like the graduation ceremony at the end, like everyone claps, but it also paints this picture kind of like the show intervention, that recovery is just this straight line up. And we're just mm-hmm. going to kind of rocket ship right up. And my experience working in transitional living is there are going to be peaks and there are going to be valleys throughout that recovery process, and we're going to take some steps back and hopefully it doesn't involve use right but we're gonna crash sometimes and for someone to be present and and to attend to that and just acknowledge it as a reality is so so
0: important in the recovery landscape oh yeah and the the other piece is um, our clients they're going to be invested in the in the recovery process right along the whole the whole thing when they get ready to make amends you know they're gonna be they're gonna be instructed through their sponsor. They're gonna put in for a request to do, go on a pass, to make amends. They're gonna take a buddy with them that's a peer in the community, and they're gonna go on a men's process. They're gonna go on a men's trip so they can get some more power in their life and project, accepting what their past was and making amends for it like hey this is what i did is there anything i missed what is it i can do to make this right and and doing the actions of doing this we want them to experience all of the steps yeah
1: and what are you doing with clients who are um you know anti 12 steps uh, that are just really not not involved in or or, or open to you know any sort of 12 step programming
0: are they just so anti- i would I would say this, this is the common thing that comes to burning tree or the common scenario. A client will come to us and they say, Oh, I've done the 12 steps. They don't work for me.
1: Yeah. What? tell me what that looks like. (laughs) What Uh, what did that experience look like? Is that you go into a couple of room meetings and just sitting in the back of the room, never introducing yourself, never talking to anybody, because if that's what it looked like, then, you know, that's not really what recovery is.
0: Right. Yeah. So. More than likely, every client that says that they worked the 12 steps and it didn't work for them, they they never worked the 12 steps. Right. They, 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 they uh, basically just gave the 12 steps lip service, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't invest in it all. So the beneficialness of having a community that's invested in the, in the 12 steps, the people that are on the fence or on the edge of the funnel for the 12 steps, <clears throat> they start having an experience with it because it's the whole culture. Right. And then once they do, huh. then they take off.
1: Yeah. And that's so been our experience. You'll bring those folks in and, and hopefully they attach to it. They, you know, oh, yeah. the attraction, right. And hopefully they see the yep. rest of the crew is, is all super engaged and involved in, and, and, and then they hop on board as well. Once they kind of see yes. the benefits from that aspect. Yeah. And uh, Eric, another I, aspect I qu- is go oh, go ahead.
2: I I just have a quick question. You know, one of the things that I think we see is a lot of guys who who They've been institutionalized. Sometimes they've gone to therapeutic boarding schools or wilderness programs starting at 16. And these guys have been in treatment for 10 years. And there's a fear that there's a little treatment dependence there. Mm. Like they can live in these institutionalized environments, but they're scared or they can't engage. Is there a point, I know you guys are long-term, is there a point where you have to push some guys out of the nest? And what does that look like?
0: Oh, yes. So um, (laughs) we have an owner and we have a philosophy of burning tree we're not in the business of taking these families' money to change their loved one. If the client continues to not put the effort forward, and it's it's all about behavior, right? If they're not putting the investment or following directions or or doing the things that we're expecting them to do, we're uh, we're not just gonna we're not just gonna hold on to them. We're gonna find an opportunity for them to move on somewhere else, yeah. or a client is going to find an exit because they don't want to do what we're asking them to do. Right. Right. And then they hope that their family's going to cave and, uh, go back to what they used to do, which was pick up the pieces and allow them to continue to do what they do. Um, majority of the time, I would say 30% of the clients that come to burning tree, they're going to test the waters. They're going to walk off, they're gonna leave, they're gonna see if the the family's really invested in holding the line for them to, to be in this funnel of change. Um, and uh, what that does, it helps the collective group, right? Um, yeah. Deepen their investment in putting the effort forward. It's not easy burning tree is not easy no um, not if this is easy i right. reward um very high reward for the entire system
1: and what's your success rate do you would do you guys track that do you have any idea so it's, very hard it
0: to, it's very hard to, to track that mm. um i can tell you this from my personal experience And from many others that I know that are in their recovery, in their life, the clients and the families. So the clients that worked all 12 steps and were invested in following directions and uh, were invested in always looking for opportunities to not fall back into their resistance. The success rate is huge. Yeah. Those families, those families that invest in their own recovery, twelve step um, recovery in conjunction with working with other professionals involved in their life, that increases. The families can destroy what was gone what took five months, they can they can tear it down in, in five minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man. As long as the entire system made these productive changes and then got into action around those changes the success rate is very high the other thing that goes on with um, increasing the success rate is especially with the family and especially with the client they know everything about what we do and how we do it the client knows what the expected length of stay is the expected length of stay is based upon them and their progress we don't want anybody at burning tree ranch any longer than they need to be there the only thing that's fixed on time is the transition program and that's 12 months the other thing we are nicotine free at burning tree have been for for seven years wow I would say the number of smokers and tobacco users uh, has decreased over time. Yeah. Um, what I mean is um, we do probably one to three admissions a month.
1: Yeah.
0: The past few months, um, none of those people were nicotine users, which yeah. is which is astounding.
1: Yeah, it's mad. but
0: we do have the ones that that are right yeah. and uh yeah. we completely take the nicotine out of the equation if they're dependent on upon nicotine we're going to have a cessation plan where they're going to use a patch or we're going to use a lozenge oh, the families are on board with it and the clients are on i mean they're not on board with it but that's the <laughs> fact that's the fact. we're we're, yeah. we're not we're not uh we're not gonna we're we're about setting the example of 100 percent honesty at the get-go, which yeah, then I in turn on is burning good tree to for <laughs> Pardon.
2: I said, I didn't know if burning tree would have been for me, man. I, I'm with you 100 percent. I know it would have saved my life, but I don't know if I could have quit smoking. That's something
0: well, that You have you, you, you didn't need burning tree. Yeah, yeah, no, that's
2: true. That's true. What about caffeine? You put caffeine in the coffee? So we do so we do have caffeine, yes.
0: Oh nice. All okay. Right. Well you yeah. a little, yeah, little you so know lean a lot. You can't, is, can't drink yeah. caffeine till till bedtime, but <laughs> yes we have caffeine. Yeah. And That's, its uh, transition process is completely okay. nicotine free. Wow. Which adds to success. Yeah,
1: it does. Yep. That's and really we're not amazing.
0: we're not afraid that it's going to affect a client coming to us. Because we're not allowing them to smoke, we're just not. We're, we're not. We're yeah. not. We're invested in one hundred percent success, and we want to and do. I think that's the that's So much.
1: Yeah, that yeah. says so much about you know you guys as a program, your ethics. You know, really kind of standing behind what what you kind of uh, are set forward as your as your mission, and uh, because most programs do allow, it, quite frankly, because you know uh, people won't admit. You know in a lot of cases if you can't smoke at a facility so obviously you guys are creating a barrier there but it's important to use a higher success rate better outcomes um so that's that's amazing i think that says a lot about kind of what you guys are doing in general
2: and how invested you are in in truly making people well as opposed to just getting heads in beds down at the ranch correct. right there you know correct um because okay. it would be so easy to fold on that but the clients that you guys are dealing with they have to know that there are natural consequences and that there are lines in the sand and there are rules that you just have to follow in life you know and yeah. it's something that i was so resistant to learning and so many yeah. of us we just naturally chomp at the bit to be told no i mean do you remember how much energy you would invest to not be told no in something you know
0: well, we yeah. we like we like flipping the verbiage. I really like using the um the verbiage of this is something I get to do. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Instead I of no, I op- opportunity
0: as well, right? Uh, and opportunity it's, it's all... and, and it's all it's all about the culture.
1: And a shift in perspective, right? When you kind of make that little bit of a shift you're like, "Oh, okay, this is that is a little bit of a different connotation yeah. now." So but, um, well, listen, Eric, we're, we're coming up on our time and, and, yeah. you know, it's been such a pleasure getting to, uh, see you and, and we haven't connected in a while, but I'm actually back in yeah. Texas, uh, next week. So we'll have to, we'll have to, oh, yeah? but yeah, do you have, have anything lunch? that, yeah, let's have lunch, but would you, is there anything that you want to plug here? Uh, maybe burning trees website or anything like that?
0: I mean, just, just burning But, but what I, what I really want to ask is, um, you graham and yes. i really like the uh the name new waters thank you and the and the 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 message that it puts out then there in the universe yeah. Yeah. how did how did new waters how did it come, come to yes please
1: so that was really my wife and I um, really just kind of brainstorming when we were kind of creating the program. And, and, uh, and I, I think it probably actually was my wife who came up with it. Uh, she's, she's really good at that, that kind of stuff. And, and I, when I heard it, I was like, ooh, I like that. Um, but we were just really kind of floating ideas, and, and just the idea of, you know, water. I think is uh, is a very kind of powerful energy, and and you know is an important energy in my life. I'm a Pisces. I love the water. I love free diving. I love spear fishing. I love fly fishing. Um, so, you know, I really wanted to have a, a water aspect in it. And then just the aspect of, of you know, finding new waters, finding new waterways and, and a new life recovery and all of that aspect of it kind of fit well. So well, it was it was good. It fit and, and we're doing great here. And it's been a really fun project to, to get off the ground.
0: And then how how did you come about new waters is in North Carolina? How did you come about finding your location?
1: So we there was a couple gentlemen here that I really knew that I could build something around um, and knowing that I would kind of be back and forth from Texas to Carolina. Um, so, you know, really in, in looking at, you know, the market and obviously Raleigh is an incredible city to, to have a business right now. It's it's blowing up, you know, very similar to, to Austin in a lot of ways. It almost right. reminds me of Austin kind of 10 years ago. Right. Um, and tons of industry, you know, coming to Raleigh. And um, so, you know, there was there was just a lot of really positive reasons to do something here, and, and coupled with the fact that they needed resources. Right. There wasn't really anything like what we're doing here um, at this kind of higher level, uh, kind of smaller boutique, but really, you know, sophisticated detox. Um, so the opportunity was great and we had the, the team was here and, and we just kind of we went for it and uh, it's been great.
0: Well, I'm excited to hear about how you thank came you. up with the name and the location, and I'm really honored to uh, to uh, meet you both on your show. And uh, thank, you, thank you for having me. I'm honored.
1: Fantastic, and we're honored to have you. And. Always great to connect with you, man, and see your conferences yeah. and uh, all, all uh, dapper in your orange and orangey grateful. <laughs>
0: there you go. Awesome. Yeah. There you go. Hashtag long term works.
1: You got Long term works. So if anybody wants to find Burning Tree Recovery, Burning Tree Lodge, it's uh, BurningTreeRecovery.com.
0: Uh, yeah, BurningTree.com and or BurningTreePrograms.com um, and then eight six six.
1: Fantastic. All right. Thanks so much, Eric. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Eric. Have a great day.